my life, I've always wanted to help people. Fast forward 40 plus years on this planet and I'm running the holistic clinic of my dreams. I founded the supplement company of my dreams and I'm stepping into each day like it's a dream. Now, I get to help even more people through this podcast and I want you to have the tools to feel your best, to optimize, to figure out what's going wrong and how to course correct. I believe in you so much. Knowledge is power, and we're going to transform your life together. School of Doza is in session. Got it? Wow. Nice. All right. Woo. Yes. This episode on waking is going to help so many people. That's right. That's right. All right. Encouragement uplifting. Okay. Let's do this. Hey, everyone. It's good to see everyone. How's everyone doing today? I am so excited for y'all joining me today. I hope everyone's ready for class. Today is a topic that is near and dear to my heart. I am really excited about today's topic, which is weight gain. But I wanted to first talk about everything that you know about weight gain is wrong. And everything you've been taught about weight gain is wrong. The reason why is because we think about weight gain as a byproduct of some of the food that we eat, but it goes deeper than that. But I want you to understand when it comes to weight gain, this type of topic is near and dear because we want you to be successful at it. We want you to keep the weight off. As a success story myself, I have successfully kept off 40 pounds over the last 15 years. And I am happy to share the type of insights and tools that I use in order for you to be successful with your weight gain journey as well. So without further ado, let's get in it. School of Doza is in session. So for today's topic, there's five things I want you to know, especially when it comes to weight gain, you have to understand that there's a full rounded holistic approach when it comes to weight gain in order for it to be successful. And the first thing you need to know is that inflammation is the cause of weight gain. Now inflammation is the cause of weight gain because the food that you eat, the thoughts that you have, the alcohol that you consume, the lack of sleep that you happen to have throughout the week will all accumulate in your body and your body cannot handle this. Now, if you want to keep it simple, inflammation is the root cause of almost every type of disease out there. You call it diabetes, you call it cardiovascular disorders, you can call it dementia. And inflammation is going to be one of the things that comes from stress. And most people will say, yes, stress is something that's really high in my life right now. I have to get rid of it. Well, that's kind of an outlier because stress is like not really something you can get rid of. Stress is going to be constant. Stress is going to be there when you wake up in the morning. It's going to be there when you go to sleep at night. And what we have to do is we have to respond to stress better. And when we don't respond to stress better, we have inflammation. We react instead, right? Now, inflammation can occur throughout the body with weight gain. One of the things that occurs in first is the liver. And then the second thing that occurs is the fat tissue. And we'll talk about this here soon. But when it comes to inflammation, you have to understand that your body will process whatever food, whatever thoughts, whatever alcohol you have, whatever supplements, and it has to process all this for energy. It has to use it for things to make hormones and neurotransmitters like serotonin and dopamine. You have to detoxify the body with what you eat. And your body is like this car. And so when you put the wrong kind of gasoline in the car and you don't take care of your car, inflammation will occur just like wear and tear. And this wear and tear will lead to such things like diabetes and cardiovascular disease. And I keep driving this home because inflammation is the root cause of everything. It's simple. 
if your body can respond better, inflammation goes down. And if you live an anti-inflammatory lifestyle, which most people choose to if they can, then your body you know, can respond to stressors better. Because like I said, stress is always going to be constant. We have to respond to stress better. And if you think about sunlight, right? Like if you can't handle the sun as much, we can go and go outside for 20 minutes and then go back inside. Or we do infrared light therapy. We talked about that in the, in the newsletter recently. And infrared therapy is a great way to get your sunlight and get your get your vitamin D without having to be exposed to you know really you know detrimental sunlight and if you think about vitamin D and what it does for the body and inflammation it helps it if you think about watching what you eat and having a healthy diet, well, it helps lower inflammation. I mean, if I eat a bunch of fast food and drink a bunch of sodas, that's going to lead to inflammation throughout the body, and we know that's going to cause weight gain. And we know better, right? We shouldn't consume all these things, but they're around us all the time where our bodies have to respond to this. And, and if you think about this, if you look at inflammation, I want to read two quotes here from two studies because I always like to talk about studies here. Two quotes when it comes to your diet. And I quote, the excess of macronutrients in the adipose tissues stimulates them to release inflammatory mediators. Inflammation is embedded and develops cardiovascular diseases, including coagulation, atherosclerosis, metabolic syndrome, insulin resistance, and diabetes mellitus. So if you think about inflammation and weight gain, you have other things that are starting to develop because of the inflammation that's building in your body. It's like this fire that needs to go out. And it's a fire that's always burning. For some people, genetically, this inflammation can be in their liver. It could be in their fat cells. It could be in their heart. It could be in the brain. That's what they mean when they talk about metabolic syndrome and insulin resistance. Well, insulin resistance, if you have weight gain, you're probably, we're going to talk about this soon, but you'll have some insulin resistance. You'll have some problems with your metabolism. And, and uh, you know, there's a term called metabolic syndrome where you have involvement of bad cholesterol, bad blood sugar, and even your insulin thrown off. And weight gain is definitely involved in this. So you have to think about, well, if you were to put the fire out and extinguish the root cause of what's causing your weight gain, understand it's inflammation. Now, when it comes to inflammation, there are things you can do about it. There are plenty of ways to live an anti-inflammatory lifestyle. You can do things like take supplements. I love liver detox supplements. I take them on a daily basis to help control my weight. I also try to help control my blood sugar and my insulin response in the body as well. If insulin is off in any way, any insulin resistance builds up, you'll have inflammation. We'll talk about this. But I will try to maximize my body's efforts throughout the day in order to respond to the foods I eat and the stressors I have throughout my body because I don't want to wind up with diabetes. I don't want to wind up with insulin resistance. I had that when I was 21. I, I knew I was pre-diabetic then, and I'll show you photos of that if you want, but 40 pounds ago, I was insulin resistant. And in my 20s, if I wasn't changing that, I was going to wind up with diabetes by the time I was in my 30s. And now I'm 41. That seems like such a far distance removed away from right now in this situation. But geez, I knew all along inflammation was the cause of all this. And if I reduce my inflammation, I could reduce my weight. Now, because of all this, the second thing I want you to know when it comes to weight gain is that your liver is fat. It's really fat. And it, it's good, healthy fat. But when you consume unhealthy things, your liver becomes fatty. 
Okay, does that make sense? All right, now your liver is an organ, right? And it is an organ made of healthy fat and it needs healthy fat like fish oil fat and chicken egg yolk fat. But when you eat fast food fat and you eat fried food fat and you drink things uh, that don't belong in the liver, what happens to the liver is it becomes fatty. And so according to the CDC, one in four US adults have a fatty liver. Now, the underlying issue in weight gain we know is inflammation, but a fatty liver is going to be involved in this as well because a fatty liver is going to be the organ that has the ability to detox the, uh, the entire body and reduce inflammation. If a, if a fatty liver is occurring in a person's body, that person is not able to reduce inflammation in their body. And they can have inflammation, like the, we talked about this fire burning, and inflammation is running rampant in the body, okay? If your liver is fatty, okay, and unhealthy, you have inflammation occurring throughout the entire body. And imagine it's just a ticking time bomb about which system is going to fail first. Because remember the liver, one of the main, if you look, listen to our last podcast, one of the main things that the liver is known for is producing antioxidants that reduce inflammation in the body. And this is why we were talking about, uh, you know, weight gain today, right after talking about liver is because we have to understand that the liver might be the most important organ when it comes to your health. We talk about the brain being able to have the master control system that controls every action in the body, but the liver is detoxifying everything from every action you have in your body. So keep in mind that in chemistry, you have an action and a reaction, right? Well, the reaction of all the food that you eat and the late nights that you stay up and all the bad sugar that you consume because, oh, I just want to have one little bite is it all goes into your liver and it makes it fatty. And if one in four people walking around this country right now have a fatty liver, then guess what? They have a bunch of things in the liver that don't belong there. And there's things in that liver that can't make things like glutathione and antacetylcysteine that are precious, precious antioxidants that detoxify the inflammation that occurs from all the fast food and alcohol and bad things that we consume in our bodies. Remember the stressors. Because remember, stress is constant. Our livers are what's going to reduce the stressors in our body and reduce the inflammation that comes from too much stressors in the body. And remember, if your liver is fatty, you have a harder time doing this, okay? Now, because of studies, right? Let's go back to one study, one quote that I really want to drive home here. The obesity epidemic is closely associated with the rising prevalence and severity of non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. They have to put non-alcoholic in front of that because you can have a liver that's cirrhotic the same way that you would have uh, never ever consuming alcohol. That's incredible. The food from our fast food is so bad for our liver that it can kill your liver the same way alcohol can. And if you consume alcohol on top of eating fast food, you have to imagine you are killing yourself. You are slowly killing your liver. And the liver is such an incredible organ that if you, you know, had it healthy and you basically cut it in half, it would regenerate completely but it can't withstand 20, 30 years of fast food being poured into your systems. It was not designed to do that. Our, our bodies were not designed to consume diet sodas and trans fat and hydrogenated you know, soybean oil. It was not designed for that. And if your liver is too fatty, what happens is you will die an earlier age. Weight gain is just a byproduct of a fatty liver occurring within the first five, 10 years of you having a fatty liver. If you, but if you have weight gain long enough that never goes away, this can lead to detrimental things because non-alcoholic fatty liver disease is a big contributor and found in many things like diabetes mellitus and cardiovascular disease and even dementia.
The third thing you need to know about weight gain, and this is probably the, one of the most important things that uh, most people are wrong about and don't know when it comes to weight gain, is that you don't actually gain more weight when you gain more weight. You actually have fat cells that become bigger. And I say this because think about this. Whenever you lose weight, where do you lose weight? You lose it in your midsection. You lose it in your chest. You lose it around your chin and your arms and your thighs, all the places you hold on to fat. You don't lose it in your foot. You don't lose it in your hand. Okay. Now, what happens when you get inflamed? Now, let's back this up. Remember, the first thing you need to know about weight gain is inflammation is the cause of weight gain. And the second you need to know is that your liver is fatty, and that's why inflammation is building. Well, what's going on is your liver and your fat cells are like storage units for the body. Whatever you've eaten and consumed in your life, even the negative thoughts, have gone into your liver and gone into your fat cells. And for the liver, like I said, it's a resilient organ, but it can only handle so much. And if you decided to consume foods that don't belong in your system, that were not you know, natural and, and essentially too much for the body to handle, what happens is your liver says, we don't have any more room, put all the fast food in the fat cells because that's what adipose tissue was designed to do. It's supposed to take in your triglycerides and your sugars and store it there for you to use at a later time. Now, when we consume calories, keep in mind, we have to burn these off, right? And you notice how we opened this and didn't talk about calories until now. Well, calories are macronutrients. Let's keep this in mind. I don't care about your calories. I care about your macronutrients, the ones that provide us with the calories, the proteins, the fats, and even the carbohydrates. Now, your body is a car and your car has to have a certain type of gasoline. Let's call this carbohydrates. Now, it naturally needs this, but it will also run off of fat or protein for its energy. And what happens is if you don't eat, you have to imagine where you're getting this energy from, especially if you're working out. Well, in between meals, you store all this fat and you break it down for energy. You store all this sugar and you break it down for energy whenever you need it, whenever you're in a workout, because most people don't eat before a workout, especially if you're doing something, a lot of you know activity throughout the day. Some people even don't have an appetite. So you have to imagine where are they getting their energy from? Well, it's stored up in their fat cells. It's stored up in their liver. And what happens is when you're fasted and you're fasting, your body releases this from your fat cells. They release sugar. They release fat, triglycerides, whatever you've eaten in the last few hours and what you've eaten in the last 10 years. And it uses that for energy. It uses gasoline to make your body, the car, run. And for you to withstand 14-hour days and for you to withstand marathons and for you to withstand labor and with be able to stand, you know, be able to do whatever it is you want to do in life. You need energy. Your body is a car. It needs gasoline at a constant rate. But what happens is when you eat too much and you eat at times when you're not supposed to, it overloads your body and you have to store it somewhere. And when you store it somewhere, you store it in your fat cells and you store it in your liver. And it makes your fat cells big and it makes your fat cells really big and it makes your fat cells really big. And I keep saying this because when you lose that weight, your fat cells then eventually get smaller. Okay, if you lose weight, it's because your inflamed fat cells are getting smaller. And when I say that, it's because the inflammation that you're putting in your body starts with diet and negative thoughts in your environment. If your liver is healthy enough, it will detoxify all this and not store as many of those inflammatory things like trans fats and hydrogenated oils in your fat cells. It will get it out of your system as quickly as possible because you don't want that stuff in your system. You don't want corn oil and peanut oil in your system. You do not want that kind of – you don't want shrimp fat. You want, um, you want salmon fat. You don't want tilapia fat. You want um, sardine fat. That's the type of fat your liver needs. And your fat cells will appreciate this too because it uses that same type of fat in order to make fat cells healthy. 
guilty. Now, your fat cells, keep in mind, they're an organ. And your fat cells make hormones. And when your fat cells are inflamed, they make inflammatory hormones. And when your fat cells are healthy, they make anti-inflammatory hormones. Now, when you have weight gain, keep in mind you have inflammatory fat cells and inflammatory fatty liver. And when you have weight gain, you have inflamed fat cells that are making inflamed hormones. One of them is called leptin. Leptin is a hormone that comes from inflamed white fat cells around your belly. And leptin's main job is to suppress your appetite. Your body was born with everything you needed, which is incredible. And one of the things your body makes is leptin. It makes this hormone that tells you to not have an appetite because you've put too much food in your system and your body cannot handle it. That's leptin's job. And it comes from inflamed fat white cells. And you have to imagine that if someone has gained weight and they have inflamed fat white cells around their belly that are basically getting bigger because they're inflamed and the liver is inflamed and they can't detoxify this, the more they eat, the more they inflame their fat cells, which means the more leptin the fat cells release. And the more leptin that's released, the more leptin goes to the hypothalamus in your brain and tells you, you should not eat. You don't have an appetite. And this person keeps eating, and yet they wonder why they can't lose weight. And I say, well, you're not actually hungry. There's no way you're actually hungry. There's no way a person has inflamed white fat cells that's gained 30, 40, 50 pounds chemically is hungry because this means chemically they're making a hormone called leptin that's going to their brain to tell them to put the fork down. And yet they miss the signal. Because we found now that there's something called leptin resistance that is occurring in the diabetic the same time that insulin resistance is occurring. To quote from a study, too much white fat, a characteristic of obesity, increases the risk of type 2 diabetes and other diseases. Too much white fat leads to leptin. Leptin comes from inflamed white fat cells. And if you have inflammation throughout the body, like I said, hormones are just signals communicating to the brain about what's going on in the body. The body releasing leptin is a bad deal. Go look up every single disease that you could possibly think of and leptin levels are high and found in those diseases, dementia, cardiovascular disease. Leptin, I've even read, uh, calcifies your arteries. High amounts of leptin will calcify your arteries, go to your hypothalamus, suppress your appetite and tell you you are not hungry, but yet we keep eating. And the body keeps storing all these triglycerides and bad oils and fats and sugars, and it keeps going and it keeps storing these things. And you have to imagine what's going to happen. Well, we know what's going to happen. It's going to look bad. It's going to look bad. And when we talk about weight gain, keep in mind, weight gain is occurring before cardiovascular disease and before diabetes is happening. Okay. I want you to think of weight gain as a byproduct of dysfunction in the body. Okay, because if things are, your body's a car, right? There's all these systems operating in it, right? I keep talking about your body being a car. You have all these systems in it. If the systems are off, your body's off. You're not functioning well. Dysfunction is occurring throughout the body. It's not a good thing. And this brings me to the fourth thing you need to know about weight gain. The fourth thing you need to know about weight gain is that insulin resistance is a huge culprit of weight gain. If you took anything away from this podcast and the weight gain podcast, understand that insulin is a hormone that is a big problem in weight gain. Insulin resistance is one of the things that's associated with obesity, 
cardiovascular disease, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, metabolic syndrome, and polycystic ovarian syndrome. This was a quote. And what's fascinating about insulin resistance is, I will say this again, insulin resistance is occurring 10 to 15 years before the diagnosis of diabetes even occurs. So imagine the time frame goes like this. A person's gaining weight in their teens or 20s, right? And they've maybe been skinnier or maybe, you know, they're gaining weight and it's not like they're like, you know, getting tall or anything, right? But then they say, well, I know it's probably from the lifestyle I'm, I'm doing. You know, I'm drinking a little too much at college or, you know, maybe I'm eating the wrong things and staying up late, you know, or maybe I'm just, you know, conveniently going to fast food because it's there and it's cheap. Well, I understand all that. This is where insulin resistance starts building. It's when you start eating fast food in your when you're 16, 18, or 20. It's when you start drinking alcohol when you're 21 or 22, 23. Insulin resistance starts occurring when you're doing the alcohol and the fast food late at night and staying up watching TV. While you're sitting there on the couch, eating your munchies, drinking your alcohol, insulin resistance is occurring in your body right that second. And because you're young, you can override all of this, right? Because, hey, I got tons of energy and my hormones are really good right now. Well, let's talk about one hormone in particular, insulin, the most anabolic hormone that our body makes. If insulin resistance is occurring in your 20s and 30s and even your teens, your body's not doing well. Because insulin resistance basically is involved in every type of metabolic disease you can imagine. And if you want to live a very, very short life, you can basically develop insulin resistance at the earliest age possible, and you will gain a lot of weight. It will lead to a fatty liver, inflamed fat cells. You basically keep overeating, or you can't get out of your system. Your digestive tract has to be thrown off at this point. And oh yeah, if insulin resistance is occurring this whole entire time, keep in mind insulin resistance looks like diabetes mellitus type 2. It also looks like diabetes type 3, Alzheimer's, and it looks like diabetes type 4, polycystic ovarian syndrome because insulin has receptors all throughout the body on almost every organ we have. It has it in the muscles, the brain, there's insulin receptors on the ovaries. And when you have insulin resistance, you have insulin resistance of the ovaries if that's the genetic way that's going to occur for you. Well, how does that mess with your fertility? And go look up right now. I don't have the, the exact studies in front of me, but if you have insulin resistance, Especially if you're a female in your 20s and 30s and you're pre-diabetic, you're pre-menstrual. I mean, I'll just tell you right now, you're, you're pre-menopausal, right? Because what happens is insulin and estrogen has a direct connection with one another. And if you have insulin resistance, you have problems with your ovaries if you're a female. And you have problems with your heart if you're a male or female. Eventually, insulin resistance of the brain can look like vascular dementia. So... The, the issue while we're thinking about weight gain is like, I want you to really understand that when weight gain comes and goes, it's not even the best thing either. Because if you put on 40 pounds and you lose 40 pounds quickly and you put 30 pounds back on again, your insulin is still fluctuating the entire time. And even if you're a skinny person and you decide to eat a really sugary brownie for the first time, guess what's going to happen? You're going to spike your insulin and your body doesn't like that because insulin needs to be in a healthy range throughout your life. It can't spike too high, it can't spike too low, or it can't drop too low. And keep in mind, even negative thoughts will increase your insulin because negative thoughts increase a hormone called cortisol. Cortisol is released from the adrenals, and it basically one of the jobs it does is release blood sugar from your liver and your fat cells. 
So if you're just stressed from all the emails and the work that you do, you're spiking your cortisol, it's spiking your blood sugar, which is basically spiking your insulin, and then you decide to eat lunch or decide to have a protein shake or decide to have a sugary coffee for breakfast, what do you think that's doing to your insulin throughout the day? You're building insulin resistance at a very early age. And I can tell you right now from a longevity standpoint, all the biohackers and everyone, they've learned you have to regulate your insulin. If you want to be healthy and you want to live to 100, you have to regulate your insulin. And I keep driving this home because go look it up. The reason why the American Diabetes Association right now is not recommending insulin injections to diabetics anymore, especially type 2, is because giving insulin to someone who's not making enough after a long period of time is not going to fix the problem. You have to be insulin sensitive, not insulin resistant. That's where longevity lives. And when you basically are insulin sensitive, what happens with insulin is you're born if – you're, if you're not type 1, what happens is you're born with a lot of insulin. Like imagine you're like a woman born with a bunch of eggs. If you're born with so much insulin in a lifetime, it's like a savings account. And if you eat a bunch of crappy food when you're young, you use all that savings account up and then you have nothing left when you're 40 or 50. So insulin resistance is your body's reluctance to release more insulin from your pancreas because your body knows that you're going to need it when you're 40 if you keep eating the way you're eating. You want to be insulin sensitive because if you're insulin sensitive, you will basically release a little bit of insulin when you need it and save the rest uh, and you'll have a big fat savings account when you're older. Now, let me go back to the last thing. The fifth thing you need to know when it comes to weight gain, consider this question. Are we eating when we're hungry? Are we eating when we're hungry? Are you hungry or are you craving that meal? Is the real question, right? Because let's go back to the leptin. If leptin's really high, you know what leptin does? It suppresses our appetite. Now, that go back to this idea of weight gain, and this is the thing that no one will tell you, but we're going to bring it up. Let's talk about binge eating real quick. Now, why would someone eat a piece of food and then not be able to stop? And I ask this question because for most people, the issue is when it comes to weight gain, they love certain types of foods and they can't stop eating it once they start. Now, I'm going to tell you why you're addicted to sugar and salt. You're craving it. You're not actually hungry when you're craving sugar and salt. If you have gained weight, biochemically speaking, weight gain will lead to a release of leptin, which is a hormone that goes to your brain and shuts off your appetite. So when that person has gained 50 pounds and they keep wanting to eat sugar and salt and they can't stop eating it, the entire time they do not have an appetite. And biochemically speaking, it doesn't make sense, does it? But what's interesting about it is if your appetite is thrown off and you keep eating salt and sugary foods, what is it that you're really trying to consume? And I have to bring this up because salt and sugar releases dopamine in our body. And salt and sugar for most people gives us a pleasure, a reward whenever we bite into it for the first time. Think about your very favorite piece of chocolate, your salty, crunchy, whatever that is your go-to. And if you bite into it, how does it make you feel? Think about the very first time that you ever bit into your favorite dessert, sweet, or crunchy, salty snack. Whenever you had this for the very first time, it gave you a dopamine rush like you've never had before because those sugary artificial sweeteners are designed by their companies to make you have a dopamine response like you've never seen. And because 
most people walk around with fluctuating dopamine or little to no dopamine production to begin with. Now we come to the idea of focus and motivation because that's the other thing that dopamine does for us. If we eat salt and sugar, I've had certain people tell me that they eat it in the afternoon to give them a little bit of energy to finish their day. And it's not they're they're needing energy because they want a sugar rush. They're needing a dopamine kick to make sure that they can complete their to-do list and they can complete all their tasks. Now, go look it up. What's incredible about it is leptin and dopamine have a direct connection. And what we've seen here is that when leptin is high, it's messing with our dopamine. And it's messing with our dopamine receptors. And we know this by now that we can even imagine that dopamine is like a hormone and we can have dopamine resistance just the same way we have leptin resistance, just the way we have insulin resistance. It's all occurring in the same person. So if the person has dopamine resistance, leptin resistance, and insulin resistance, okay, this person doesn't have an appetite. They're never motivated. They're never focused. They don't have any pleasure and reward in their life. And the only thing that gives it to them is a piece of chocolate that they had when they were 18. And they keep eating it every year, every single year, every time they're stressed because it takes them back to when they felt safe and young, back before stressors got the best of them and before this world started eating them alive. And when you start running to the food because it makes you feel good, what are you really after? You want to feel better. And if you think about it in weight gain, there's a lot of times that we don't feel good when we gain weight. And we know there's a deeper connection to our food than, it sh- than there should be. We love our food unconditionally. We take pictures of it. We worship it. We go across the country on a restaurant tour just because we love our food. And I'm telling you right now, is it worth it? Is it really worth it for the chips and queso? Is it really worth it for the flour tortilla? Is it really worth it to have that cheese? If you've gone keto because it's helped you in weight gain, well, I'm here to tell you, dairy is not real keto. Keto is eating real food, real anti-inflammatory, real food. And if you think about it, the food that we're eating is slowly killing us and poisoning us and making us fat and insulin resistant and making us unhappy. You have to find other ways to make yourself happy. And guess what? You'll stop eating the sugar. You'll stop eating the salt. That's another conversation for us to get into, but let's wrap this up. Now, let's keep this simple. Five things I want you to understand when it comes to weight gain. Number one, inflammation is the cause of weight gain. Number two, fatty liver is found in weight gain. I should say a fatty liver is found in weight gain. Number three, you don't gain more weight, your fat cells get bigger. Number four, when it comes to weight gain, insulin resistance is found in weight gain. And number five, I have to ask yourself and you have to ask yourself every time before you eat, are you actually hungry? You know that I love supplements. You know that I love talking about vitamins. It's because I've seen it applied in real life situations. And me personally speaking, I take supplements to help control my metabolism and to support healthy insulin and to help support my my weight. And one of the ones that I absolutely take on a daily basis is our mitochondriac. It has resveratrol in it. And because, you know, I am a kind of a supplement snob, it has the best kind of resveratrol in it. It has terostilbene and transresveratrol, and you have some quercetin mixed in with it, and it helps it absorb better, work better. 
uh, I take it every morning on an empty stomach and I know it helps me with my metabolism throughout the day and whatever metabolism is for you now, whether it's weight gain, weight loss, whether it's energy focus, may, and it can be whatever it was you want it to be. The mitochondriac is a great supplement to include for you. And if you choose to, to try it, use code NURSEDOZA for 15% off. And if you try it, you know, like I said, try it first thing in the morning on empty stomach and give me some feedback. Let me know what you think. And we can, we're going to talk about resveratrol on a whole nother podcast. I, it's my favorite, my favorite plant-based supplement. And in closing, I also want you to sign up for our newsletter. We have a newsletter. It comes out twice a month for now. And it has a bunch of healthy habits on the brain. Every time it comes out, there's continuous knowledge that you can gain week in and week out. It's a Q&A style newsletter. There's a lot of people that uh, ask wonderful questions and, and I, we try to answer all the wonderful questions they ask. But this newsletter is for you. And this is a newsletter for you with your questions. And we try to get as many uh, questions in as we can, but we're here to help. So go ahead and sign up for the newsletter. And if you need a, a link, there's a bunch of them all over that uh, will lead you there. And for the people who want to come visit Austin, Texas, I'm speaking at KetoCon April 21st, actually 22nd to be, to be uh, clear, but the KetoCon's going on 21st through 23rd. It's a fantastic festival. We went last year, we've been there a year before, and it helps people get healthier. And it's for people who are just on their journey to getting healthy, or maybe, you know, they want some more information, but they're hungry to learn. And we really enjoy being there. And we're excited because uh, we get to speak this year. And uh, the topic is going to be Saturday afternoon. And the topic, if you go look it up on their website, is optimizing the liver neuroconnection. And uh, we've heard about some of that today. So, you know, I'm going to go into that uh, as much as I can there as well. And if you want to go to KetoCon, see Austin, Texas, even swing by and come see MSW Lounge, uh, us over here, you can uh, type in the code MSW for $50 off your ticket until April 1st. If you want to go to KetoCon, I highly advise you go. There's probably going to be about four to 5,000 people in attendance this year. It's like a big health party. And last but not least, the show notes. Thank you for attending class and for those who want to further their education, I highly advise that you go ahead and look at our, uh, our class notes and they're going to be your cliff notes. Now, I want you to revisit them, download them, make notes of your own and uh, go back time to time to truly execute all your strategies and see what's working and even make adjustments. But I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed this and I hope that this has been more of an eye opener than anything else. I want you to understand that... Everyone has a journey when it comes to weight gain. Every single person I've ever met wants to lose weight, okay? It's not something that, uh, you know, excludes anyone, okay? It's on the back of everyone's mind. But look at it this way. We're all on the same journey. We have tools and resources that can help us be successful at it. And really underneath all of it, I want you to be healthy and feel good, which is the reason why I'm so passionate about this and why we talk about this so much. But I want you to be blessed, be healthy and well. The School of Doza has concluded.